Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Advent and waiting. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up those knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzelo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, so before we get into the whole time and waiting aspect, let's get a quick recap of Advent, which is the start of the church season, correct? Correct. It's the beginning of a new liturgical calendar year. And we've done podcasts in the past on the calendar liturgical church year, and so you can go back and listen to those if you want more information. But for the sake of this, it is a time where we are waiting. It's basically a season of anticipation. It's before Jesus is born, but we know Jesus is coming. That kind of summarizes it. And it lasts four Sundays every year. There are some traditions, and I just learned this this year. There are some traditions in the Episcopalian and Orthodox traditions that actually practice a seven-week Advent season. No way. Totally. Isn't that fascinating? That puts it closer to its cousin Lent, correct? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it parallels Lent much more closely with that seven-week pattern which I find very interesting. And I have more to learn on that. I've not heard of it until about two weeks ago. Because this year, it feels like we're kind of living in Advent in general. Oh, absolutely. And I have heard stories of people who've had their trees up since September too. So (laughs) even beyond your seven weeks. Totally. And so this kind of feeling that we're waiting for something, we're waiting for things to change, we're waiting for good news, we're waiting for hope. We're waiting for that thing on the horizon that's going to come and change everything and make it better. That's what Advent is about. And I think this year in particular, it's a really powerful season for us as we enter into these four weeks. Absolutely. Something I struggle with with my daughter is this understanding of anticipation and excitement versus the anticipation and anxiety. Mm. And I think we so often get caught in the anxious end of things instead of the more hopeful, more excited aspect of waiting and knowing something big is coming. How does the church cycle reflect that? What does Advent usually give you in terms of stories and things that happen? Well, to be fair and honest... The stories, the scriptures that we hear during Advent actually probably add that just little too much fear to make anticipation dread. Oh, that's a bummer. (laughs) It really is, because we get a lot of apocalyptic imagery in these weeks. We talked about that a couple weeks ago on the podcast, this kind of looking to the future and warning signs and things like that. And I was talking with another student the other day about having just enough fear in anticipation to make it like fun. Mm -hmm. And it's that balance between being hopeful and being afraid of whatever it is. So if you get a Christmas present or a birthday present and it's from someone who knows you really well and you're like really excited because you know they know you well, so you think it's going to be something really cool, but there's that one little percent chance that maybe they don't know you as well as you think that they do. And so that balance creates anticipation. 
But when we're handed a gift from someone we know doesn't like us, Mm -hmm. right? It adds that too much fear. Like, am I going to be embarrassed by this gift? Am I going to be, you know, someone's trying to hurt me by this gift? So then it becomes fear to open the package, right? Mm -hmm. So the readings on Sunday mornings probably add a little too much fear for us to remain in gentle anticipation. And at the same time, the traditions that we engage in and the practices that we engage in create a rhythm and a pattern that can help to just be that kind of, oh, this is something that's coming and there's that hopefulness and that next step and God is with us and God loves us and it's going to be okay. We're going to find our way. And so you can move to that hopeful anticipation. It's a balancing act though. Yeah. And it's one I really don't think we do that well. What I would love to do, and I fight this every year, but everybody wants to take that one day and get bam, all your decorations up, all your (laughs) things in order, everything going, but you have time. You might as well enjoy the process of pulling things out, telling stories of what it's about, lighting a candle, doing whatever you need to do, but that's not really how it works. It's part of that expectation of ourselves that suddenly we'll be able to be calm and peaceful, even if we're never able to be calm and peaceful. (laughs) Yeah. And it doesn't really set us up for success. So if we can set our expectations to be, I'm still going to be the same person I always am. So if I don't make time to have like a storytelling session when I pull out each ornament for my Christmas tree, if what I do is pull it out and make sure that everything is well and effectively organized for the most strategically and efficient way of decorating the tree, then maybe just owning that. Mm -hmm. And this year, especially letting go of the judgment on that, right? You're not failing anything by not creating the perfect hallmark picture of Christmas tree decorating. Mm -hmm. So just being present in it. Other than the readings, I know there are certain traditions that happen. How are those going to be different? There's no big wreath at the front of the church that a family gets to light each week. So how are you going to try to tackle some of these things this year? It's so hard, right? We're going to miss that wreath a ton. Um, What we're doing at Central this year is we have invited families to video lighting the Advent wreath. And so... Different families will be filming, lighting a wreath in their homes, and then we will play that video clip on Sunday mornings. And so we'll still have that opportunity for families to be doing that. It's just coming in a very different way this year. And we'll still have opportunity to mark that occasion and see the candles glowing from the first to the second to the third to the fourth week. But it will be very different. Are some of the other things that we typically do, the Advent wreath, the children's pageant, and some of the other Mm -hmm. things that happen in Advent, is that stuff that has just come about congregation by congregation as a sort of tradition that's not really hooked to anything liturgical? These are all kind of pieces that are liturgical, but they're done in unique ways for each congregation. So for some congregation, it's the young kids that light the Advent wreath. For some congregations... The Advent wreath is actually flying from the ceiling, and so you have to have someone rather tall to be able to light it, which means not a child. Some have red candles, some have blue candles, some have purple and pink candles. 
Some folks cover their sanctuary in poinsettias from the first day. Some folks do the greening of the sanctuary where you put up lots of greens and evergreen wreaths and those sorts of things. It's all by congregation and individual planning. And so I think what's going to happen this year is folks will maybe either miss those things and not do them, or they might start incorporating them into their homes. So if the Advent wreath is something that is particularly meaningful to be in the same room with, then as we Zoom, it could well be that for the first time, families create an Advent wreath at home. And as a community, we all light our Advent wreaths as we begin our service together. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah. So as we're stuck in sort of a quarantined pandemic, time seems both irrelevant and relevant at the same time. (laughs) Do you plan on focusing on that passage of time as an Advent thing, or is that not helpful? I think that for folks who are accustomed to like Advent calendars and those sorts of things, Mm -hmm. that it could be really helpful this year. I think that there are some families that I've seen with small kids that very early in the pandemic started creating like a board on their house where they would write down the day and the date so that the household would see it because it's so easy to lose a sense of the tracking of time right now. Well, yeah. I mean, we still have some sort of a service on Sunday, but not everybody does or not everybody's going to watch it necessarily on a Sunday morning, which Mm -hmm. is something you typically would do. And that, at least I've heard from my parents, has been hard for them to help mark the weeks and help with the passage of time. Yeah. And so I think that that practice of the advent calendar, that practice of, you know, either having the piece of chocolate box that you open up or whatever that advent calendar can be, certainly what I'm being advertised right now are advent calendars having to do with yarn. Oh, sure. And patterns, like advent patterns where you knit or crochet a row per day or a section per day in order to count down the time. I think that those kinds of activities are absolutely something that would be very helpful this year, especially as here in the Northern Hemisphere, right? The days are getting so short Mm -hmm. and the amount of sunlight hours that are getting so short that it's really easy to lose the track of the time and the days. And so maybe that Advent practice of marking a time each day to say one more day has gone by. We are one day closer to this hopeful event. One more countdown day closer to this exciting opportunity to remember that God is with us. I think this year it's particularly helpful. As we've been in this Zoom church pandemic cycle, are you finding it's easier or harder to engage people when not everybody has to have a set schedule? Do you think the participation in anything that's coming up that is Advent related is going to be better or worse than it would be in the past? We're doing something different than we have during Advent in the past. We have not at Central typically had midweek Advent services. We do during Lent, Mm -hmm. but we haven't during Advent. And we're offering them this year because in some ways folks are kind of looking for that grounding and that centering as things continue to feel chaotic. And particularly as people are heading back into another lockdown. And cases are increasing exponentially each day. Our hope is that by offering something 
centering and quiet that we can take some of the chaos that we're all feeling and the anxiety that we're feeling and give it space and time to calm. Whether or not folks have capacity to participate, right? In the same way that with the election vigil, it wasn't necessarily that we thought we would get dozens and dozens of people who would log on during the day, but our hope was that even just knowing that it existed would give that opportunity for folks to find a little bit of peace and calm. We did have dozens and dozens of people log in on that day. So mm-hmm. that there is a, a yearning for that kind of peacefulness, I think, within our communities. And so I really don't know. You know like with everything in the pandemic, you just kind of try something and see what happens. And if we're able to have a peacefulness in our own hearts that what we offer is what we have capacity to offer and therefore it's good enough, then whatever comes of it, whatever it offers into the world is enough, regardless of how many people attend. Do you find yourself as you're planning this Advent season, although I'm guessing it's more or less planned at this point, were you leaning into that sort of adventures in waiting aspect of it? Or did you decide, let's just kind of put that as a back burner issue and focus on something else? We have kind of two guiding pieces, I believe, that are at least, you know, that are guiding me as I plan out sermons and those kinds of pieces. A highlight on hope. Oh, yes, please. Right. And that goes back to the candles that we did and a highlight on what is hope, that hope is a choice, that hope is something we work at, not an effervescent, bubbly thing that just kind of happens to us. But hope is determination. Hope is what Mary held when she said, here I am, let it be with me. And I believe that you can use this to change the world, right? It's that kind of hope, that daring courage that Mary offers to us. So that kind of hope that is also rooted in our story and rooted in the promise that God doesn't let hard things last, that God is with us through challenges, that is the kind of hope that we're sort of resting in through this season. And I think there's also, because things are so chaotic and feel so hard right now, definitely a leaning into very familiar patterns familiar things that are going to give comfort, particularly for Lutherans who are such liturgical pattern folks, Mm -hmm. to have things that are consistent and known offers a bit of dampening down of the amount of adrenaline. So I'm maybe not going to ask everyone to bear their secrets on Zoom that's live streamed and recorded for a year, right? I'm not going to go there in a sermon. But comforting, familiar, things that will help us to be calm while being present and building resilience and working on how to choose hope. That's the kind of stuff that's really forming as we're looking at things. It seems so necessary as we get further and further into quarantine and pandemic and all the problems and all the everything when you start taking more and more of people's traditions away from them and the familiarity and the things that they used to hold as comfort, it just makes it so much harder and tempers are so much shorter that that hope is such a necessary thing that is such a great need right now. I'm and looking hard. for Yes. It's something we all could use a lot more of. And I'm 
looking forward to seeing what comes of all of this. And for some folks, it will hit exactly what their soul needs. And for others, it may not. But the joy and the opportunity is in trying to see where this kind of purpose, this time of year, this purpose of intentionally looking at the now but not yet, as the promise is yet to come. How do we live in this in-between time when we know that there's a promise that things will get better, but we have not yet experienced it? If we can learn how to live in this kind of a space, then as we continue the next months and the next however long it takes for us to be able to move forward to something that is allowing us to be out of our homes and allows us to hug our neighbor again someday, right? That that in-between time, this season can teach us skills and opportunities in resiliency. But it's hard. It's mm-hmm. super duper hard. Like, mm-hmm. That's just real. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. It's a doozy, so hold on. Mm-hmm. Are you a daily calendar chocolate piece person, or are you the I like to light the weekly candle kind of person? <laughs> Time is such a wibbly-wobbly concept for me. Right now, it is for everybody. Yeah, right? Um, I'm a weekly person. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. The weekly candle uh, is a great thing. And I confess that there have been many times where my home advent wreath was lit very well the first week. And then by week three, I'm like, oh, right. And yeah, yeah. Like, you don't so. get that nice stair stepping of the candles the way you would if you were on it every week. There is no stair stepping of my candles. It's the first candles kind of low and then the fourth, third and second are kind of all level with one another. I'll admit we've done some strategic burning in the past just to make (laughs) it look red. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about Advent and waiting. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining us. We look forward to being back in your ears again soon. If you would like to share your thoughts or your favorite Advent practices with us, you can always reach out on Facebook or email us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we're back with you again, remember, God loves you no matter what.